the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is How to Deal with the Crises of Life. And we could say the crises and tragedies of life. Last week, the Boston Globe set up a voice mailbox for readers to leave their thoughts about the senseless shooting to death of 19 children and two teachers at the Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. One of the responses was very moving, touching, and it caught my attention. One person wrote, Today, as I dropped my 10-year-old off at Blackstone Elementary in the South End, I met eyes with two other mothers. As we watched our children walk through the doors, we looked at each other, and cried. Then I got in my car and wept before I drove off. The fear that one day I will come to get her and she will be shot dead is real and heartbreaking. Fear of the unknown and powerlessness to prevent the tragedies of life are very real to us as human beings. In fact, as human beings, we are all going to face crises and tragedies in our life on this planet. So the question is, what do you do when you are facing a personal crisis or tragedy? If you're married, you or your spouse is going to die first. You have parents that are going to die. Your brothers, sisters, relatives, and friends who are going to pass on. What do you do when someone was there one moment and then the next they're not there anymore? What do you do when the doctor calls and says the diagnosis is terminal? What do you do when you have an accident and it throws all of your future plans out the window? What do you do when you have just walked away 
from a freshly covered grave. How do you find the strength to go on? The prophet Jeremiah asked that question many centuries ago. Jeremiah went through one of the most horrendous periods in Israel's history. And and the enemy nation, the Babylonians, came in and ravaged his entire nation and took its people as captive slaves. During Jeremiah's lifetime, he watched enormous atrocities done to his people and to his own family. He recorded this for us in two books of the Bible called the Book of Jeremiah and the Book of Lamentations. In Lamentations chapter 2 and verse 11, he wrote, I have cried until the tears no longer come. My heart is broken. My spirit is poured out in agony as I see the desperate plight of my people. Little children and tiny babies are fainting and dying in the streets. Today I want us to look at how to deal with a personal crisis or how to keep on going after a tragedy. And God gives us four things to do in the book of Lamentations. First, focus your attention on God. You have to make time to connect with God. You need time to be just quiet in his presence. Get alone with him and just listen to him. Jeremiah says in Lamentations 3, 28 and 29, this is from the message paraphrase, when life is heavy and hard to take, go off by yourself. Enter the silence, bow in prayer, Don't ask questions. Wait for hope to appear. God wants to talk to us more than we want to listen. The number one reason why we don't hear God speaking to us is that we are so busy. Does God ever get a busy signal from you? I'm sure he does all the time. When was the last time you just sat down and were quiet for a little while, perhaps even for 10 or 15 minutes before God? You didn't read anything. You didn't check your messages on your telephone. You just sat there in quietness. How many of you listening to this message have ever asked the question, God, is there anything you want to say to me right now? And you just sat and listened. Perhaps not not many of us have done that. I would suggest that we take 10 minutes a day this week just to be quiet before God. And you'll be amazed at the spiritual strength and the direction that you will receive from the Lord your God. Focusing your attention on God is the first thing that you have to do when you are in a tragedy or coming out of one. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, 5 and 6, When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. 
They love to stand up and pray in the houses of worship and on the street corners so that everyone will see them. But when you pray, go to your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what you do in private will reward you. So Jesus is saying that I want you to get off by yourself. So you're not praying to impress other people. You're not role-playing. Forget the fancy words. Just come to God as honestly and openly and say, God, here's where I hurt. Here's what I need. Have mercy on me. Help me. You sit and you listen in silence. Tragedies have a way of refocusing our attention on the things that really matter in life. Have you noticed in a tragedy that everything slows down? That's not a bad thing because sometimes we are so busy that we can't hear God or even connect with God. But the second thing to do in, in a crisis or a tragedy is ask God to remove your fears. Ask God to remove your fears. In a tra tragedy, we feel all kinds of emotions. We feel grief, we feel confusion, we feel doubt, we feel anger, we feel frustration. But there's one emotion more damaging than all the others, and that is fear. Grief does not paralyze us, Anger does not paralyze us, but fear does. To get on with your life after a crisis or tragedy, you have to deal with the root cause of the fears and anxieties in your life. Jeremiah prays this in Lamentations chapter 3, 55 through 57. He says, From the bottom of the pit, O Lord, I cried out to you, and when I begged you to listen to my cry, you heard. You answered me and told me not to be afraid. And Landers, when she was alive, used to receive over 10,000 letters a day asking for advice. Once when she was asked what's the common problem people write about, without hesitation she said fear. Is every person listening to me today has hidden fears. We may fake it. We may pretend like we don't have them. We may cover them up. We may medicate them. But the truth is everybody has fears. They are universal. So if you're going to get on with your life, you have to learn how to deal with fear. And the Bible gives us three antidotes to fear, truth, love, and faith. Let me just uh, speak of each of them briefly. You see, Jesus said the truth will set you free. Now, how is that an antidote of fear? Because most fears are based on ignorance or false information. Lies, misperceptions, misunderstandings, prejudices. 
He says, human beings, we are born with only two fears, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. That means every other fear is learned. We learn it from our parents, from friends, from kids on the playground, from people we work with, from the internet, from television, from talk radio, and from the experiences of life. A lot of things we have learned in life are not true. And in this period in American history, especially, we know what it is to have lies uh, told every day without people even flinching because they have gotten to the point where truth no longer exists. Things we have learned about ourselves, the way we see ourselves, things about God, things about life. You see, when we build our life on those faulty assumptions and, and misbeliefs, the more fear we are going to have in our life. You can't just get rid of fear by saying, I'm not going to be afraid anymore. You have to replace fear with truth. The more you fill your mind with God's word, God's truth, the less room there is for fear. You put in the truth and the truth will set you free. But then there's love, the second thing to get rid of fear. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, 18 and 19, there is no fear in love. Perfect love drives out all fear. So then love has been made perfect in anyone who is afraid because fear has to do with punishment. We love because God first loved us. The more of God's love you have in your life, the less you are going to be afraid. If you have a lot of fears in your life, it tells me one thing, you don't know God very well. God is love, and love is always stronger than fear. When love is greater than fear, then you act. Question, what motivates a parent to run into a street in oncoming traffic? It's a very fearful thing when a child is out there. The love of the child. Love is always greater than fear. But then there is faith. This is the third thing that reduces fear in our lives. Faith doesn't eliminate the feelings of fear. It gives you courage to do what you need to do in spite of how you feel. Faith is moving against your fear in spite of how you feel. So where do you get truth, love, and faith? You get them in your relationship with, with God through Jesus Christ. The more you get to know God, the more you're going to have his truth, his love, and his faith in your life. The antidote to fear is a person. His name is Jesus Christ. The better you get to know him, the less fear you're going to have. David says in Psalm 34 and verse 4, I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. God brought some of you here today, or got you to 
uh, tune into this service so he could say to you, don't be afraid. Don't worry. Don't get anxious. Don't forget that I can help you in your time of need. Third thing to do when we are facing a crisis or a, a tragedy is believe God will restore you. Believe God will restore you. Expect him to. Trust him to. You have to believe that God will help you and that he can restore the joy in your life. Lamentations 5.21 says, Restore us, O Lord, and bring us back to you again. Give us back the joys we once had. And David in Psalm 27 and verse 13 says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. You see, there are two things we should do whenever we face a tragedy. The first is accept what you cannot change. There are a lot of things in your life that you can't control. In fact, most of the things in your life you can't control. The only way to overcome them is through acceptance. Acceptance is the key to getting on with your life. Many of us have lost a loved one. They're not coming back. No matter how much we wish for it, no matter how we wish it were different, it's not going to change. The past is past, it's over. Real faith is accepting the facts of life, but not being discouraged by them. It is believing God is still with you and he's going to help you in the situations that you find yourself in. But the second thing to do when facing a tragedy is to focus on what is left, not what is lost. In other words, make a list of the things you can be thankful to God for. I'm still alive. God still loves me. There are lots of things for which you can be thankful. Gratitude destroys depression. It is impossible to be grateful and be depressed at the same time. When you're depressed, start making a list of things you can thank God for, and you will find those dark clouds rolling away as you build the attitude of gratitude. No one gets over crisis or tragedy instantly. It takes time. It takes patience. I don't know all the pain that you have been through in your life, but God does. I don't know what you are going through right now, but God does. I don't know the pain you're going to go through in the future, but God does. You can make it through any situation if you trust in God and to take that relationship that you have with him seriously. The full secret to, of finding the strength to go on in spite of a tragedy is Remember what never changes. Remember what never changes. Life is constantly changing. 
and how evident that is after going through COVID-19 these past two years. One minute there's someone there that you love and the next minute they are not there anymore. That is an instant change. But there are some things in life that never change. We have to anchor ourselves to those certainties or we will never have the peace and joy that God expects us to have. Now, Jeremiah did this. No matter what happens, there are three things that will never change. One, God is still in control. He's still on his throne. He is still calling the shots in spite of the tragedies that we have to go through on this planet Earth for a little while. Human beings have free will and we make bad choices and, and people get hurt. But God controls how it will all work out. The reason why we are filled with fear, as I said earlier, is that most of our life is beyond our control. All the major things in life we don't control. We have no control over who our parents are. We have no control over when we were born, where we were born, what natural gifts we were given. We don't know how or when we are going to die. We don't control the economy. We can't control the weather. We can't control the past and we can't control the future. We can't even control what is going to happen to us this afternoon. The one thing we can control is our attitude and our response to what is going on. The truth is, I can't handle everything that's going to come into my life. But I don't have to, because God is in control. The secret of crisis control is God control. I let him handle the situation that I can't handle. Nothing is out of God's control, and I can trust him. Jeremiah says in Lamentations chapter 5, 17 and 19, Our hearts are sick and weary, and our eyes grow dim with tears. But Lord, you remain the same forever. Your throne continues from generation to generation. You see, God is in control, and we can count on that. But the second thing to remember is, God still loves you. Other people may stop loving you, but God never will. Jeremiah says in Lamentations chapter 3, 20 to 23, he says, I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Yet I still dare to hope, and I remember this, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. God never stops loving us. Accidents are not punishment. A lot of people think that when an accident happens, God is getting even with them. But you don't understand God at all if you think like that. Accidents that happen are just accidents. They are not punishments from God. 
Christ has already took the punishment for our sins on the cross. And we do not have to be punished again because there's no double jeopardy in God's economy. The third thing to remember is that God is all you need. You're never going to know that until God is all you have. If you have God, you have everything else you need because God has all of the resources available to him and which he can use to meet our needs. Jeremiah says in Lamentations chapter 3, 24 through 26, he says, deep in my heart, I say, the Lord is all I need. I can depend on him. The Lord is kind to everyone who trusts and obeys him. It is good to wait patiently for the Lord to save us. You don't have to have all of the answers if you know that God does. God knows the burdens that you bear. He knows the pressures that you feel, the frustrations that you have, the grief that you experience and the help that you need. He knows the tears that you have shed. He knows the storms that you have endured. He knows the troubles that you have encountered, the sorrows that you have had, the difficulties you have confronted, and the fears that you have baffled. Thank God he knows how to replace heartache with gladness, fear with courage, turmoil with peace, and dissatisfaction with contentment. For he sees all. He hears all. He knows all. He's above all and beyond all. His word is final and nobody can change it. He always was, he is, and he always will be the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And somebody need to say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www. .pbcboston.org and tune in every Saturday morning at 10:30 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.